Everyone, happy Friday. I think it's a good time to, to roll the, the beginning of this sh- this shizzle, also known as show. What do you think? I, I'm, I'm up for a little shizzle on my, on my nizzle. A little shizzle on <laughs> shizzle, no? Okay. Ready, three, two, one, intro, go. So, hey, welcome. Um... Welcome to the Digital Cash Rundown. Happy Friday, everyone. It is Friday in most parts of the world where you'd be looking at this. Don't get after me, Kiwis. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a great day. I have the wonderful, always uh, passionate, always cool, uh, Mr. Uh, Chuck Williams, Mobile Edition. How's it going, man? Hey, my, I'm unmuted, right? You can hear me okay? Yeah, you can. we can hear you. Um, it's right, funny perfect. because... Um, there's a lot of like stablecoin talk on this show, probably, which is kind of funny because you're kind of particularly untethered at the moment. So, <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it was back in uh, 20. It was actually before I got into Bitcoin that I was trying to exit the system. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I felt like I got into prepper mode in like 2012 or 13, and um, I. I cashed out my 401k. I got out of all the banks. I switched mm-hmm. to credit unions, um, you know, and this, and I knew Bitcoin existed, but I didn't really know what it was at that point. It wasn't until 2015 where I was like, okay, now I really got a back out. And that's when my opt out mm-hmm. like, program did. So yeah, I never, I never really liked stable coins as an idea after that though, because yeah. Gresham's law, that, right? Good money chases out the bad. And I was already to the point where, the dollar with the bad money, you know, and and everything that they're calling a stable coin is like pegged to the dollar. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I feel like you guys are missing the point. Um, mm-hmm. So, I would love to see. I, I I think there are a couple projects out there, and I don't I don't know if you know of these, but I assume if I were really digging in, that um, there is some there are some projects out there that are actually calculating baskets of goods in some kind of let's say internationally neutral way right and then mm-hmm. that's maybe their target for their stable coin um but you, you would need so many oracles to automate that um that you're going to end up being manual for the first couple of years minimal my and the data is going to be bad probably like 70 percent bad so yeah i, st- I just th- don't trust the stable coin i do that's the thing it's it's got to be something special before we jump too much into to that stuff. I just want to remind yeah. everyone, if you haven't watched before, make sure you subscribe to the channel, hit the like button. So it goes up in the, the rankings and stuff and leave a super chat coin slash the desert lakes. I pay Wong Chuck. And I've noticed that there's a big friction with the whole, um, trying to use coin tree and stuff like that. So at some point I'm going to be upgrading all this and, hopefully doing NFT subscriptions and stuff, which I'm working on as we're speaking. So that'll be really fun. And so we're nice. this, I got to overhaul this, this channel a lot and I'm going to have an NFT and everyone's, everyone's already been like, you know, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? Okay. Don't worry. I'm working on it. I got a lot of things to do. I want to, but so can I respond yes. to that? Yeah. Let me respond. Bad UX with pointry. Is that the issue? Yeah. Well, First off, Coitree is not really maintained, so yeah, it's, okay. you know, and it's also like you go to the site and you click the donation button on the little message and boom. it's just, it's not as like, 
it feels like I'm getting like a like the Amazon guy or the, the postman is running up with a letter. Oh, look, we got a letter. Oh, it's it's a little clunky like that. And so, mm-hmm. okay, but okay. at the same time, you can just watch the show and you can just, you know, oh, I want to super chat. Let me just go here, pay for it. Boom, go right in, right? It's, yeah. you don't have to be yeah. a, a subscriber. And so what I want to do is put over here, I guess, down here, um, I want to put a super chat to a Discord, like a Discord channel, because there are Discord bots that check that literally authenticate you in and out of the discord by proving ownership of a certain NFT in your wallet. And so if you sell the NFT, you get the boot. And so really already setting that up. I'll tell you the nice. details about it, about my setup, but I'm not going to tell anyone the details about my setup until I make a video about how to do it. Therefore I can just, you know, farm, <laughs> farm all that stuff on that. But literally, so you just buy an NFT and it's just like pre buying infinite super chat stuff in this thing. And so then it'll just be okay, that's there. Good. You can just, Type in, and I know there's ways of linking your Discord channel to sh- show up on OBS, like on this broadcast here. And so you get nice. that going. And so if someone gets tired and is just like, you know what? I used to like that guy, but he started shilling too many like NFT chains or whatever. I'm done with this guy. They can sell the NFT on the open market. And possibly even if I'm a bigger channel by then, sell it at a, an increase in value and someone else could just buy it and then jump right into the chat. And I don't, have, I don't have to know this guy at all. They just like come into the Discord server. Oh, yeah, apparently you have the NFT now, you know? And so, yeah, yeah. it also encourages people to pre-buy, to pre-invest. So like even if they don't care to jump in the super chat, they're do other things. They're yeah. Unless they're preaching to your audience. You know, <laughs> I'm letting them know too because my audience, just like me, comes from like the mostly the digital cash type world. And a lot of them are like NFTs are scams and stuff. And it's like, yeah, most of them, let's be honest, most of them. But like, there's also, you know, I'm trying to like educate everything with this. And what I'd also like to do at some point is this other side over here, maybe put a little, um, I would say advertising, but like put a little thing where you can sell like a monthly or, or quarterly NFT thing. That like if you buy the NFT, it's just like for this core, you get to dictate what what shows up there. So you can just be like, you know, yeah, like yeah, float gets to put that. their thing there, and then they well, can sell it halfway through to someone else or trade it, or they can like someone could just scalp the ad space, right, or whatever it is. They could just scalp the space and then just resell it, get a bidding war, and just make a lot of money off of selling it. You know, yeah, you know, you're gonna have like some Nazis coming up like bidding. For Right. Yeah, um. I, but the thing is, I gotta have some. <laughs> I have to have some conditions, some like refund conditions yeah. and stuff, right? For like, look, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're buying something. I can't take away your NFT ever because it's perfect. It, I mean, it, it's like it's immutable, right? I can yeah. take away what I wanted, what I want to honor with this thing, particularly, and obviously certain conditions, which I'd like to program into the NFT as well, like into the metadata. Just say, give some terms and conditions or whatever. Okay, and, I got to interrupt you now because you keep yeah. talking about this stuff that, that we're doing at Float, right? I mean, this yeah. is a, so I like, that was my thing number two. It's a good segue. Yeah. It's all appropriate. I, yeah. I, but the other, the other thing I wanted to bring up was the thing two. I want to pull you into the user group for, for Float because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, I want your feedback about, yeah. like, as a content producer, what can we do? Because, I mean, you're our target audience. We need to, like, 
beef up our game, you know, for this. Mm -hmm. And you should be able to do this, what we're doing right now, on float, right? Yeah. And accept tips and offer perks. Like we have, I don't know if you heard, we did these mm -hmm. uh, plank NFTs um, mm -hmm. where, you know, you, you basically they're, 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 they're purchased NFTs that we intend to bake in utility on yeah. the platform for those NFT assets, right? So mm -hmm. who knows? Maybe you'd be able to issue, issue your own for your own channel or group, perhaps. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's the stuff we're talking about with groups. Um, yeah. So you know what? It would anyway. be fun if you could start to do cross-platform stuff where you honor subscription NFTs that other people use on some other partner sites. That's and so absolutely, then, yeah. Then Odyssey you just, and various others. Yeah. yeah. And so then you just buy like premium alt social media, and you get this little like spinny icon and stuff or whatever. This is a spinning GIF file or you know image, but it, it allows it allows all this kind of authentication, cool stuff. The thing is, oh um, yeah, we could just spin up an affiliate model. Yeah, what I'd like like to do. Uh, the other thing is because I'm I've been going down the rabbit hole of practical NFTs of like what can you do in the real world with them other than just trade art or whatever. Mm -hmm. There's um, you can do mutable data on NFTs. Again, this is what I, what people smarter mm -hmm. than me have told me on some of them in particular, and you should be able to, like for example, there's some games that like your game character is an NFT, and as he upgrades, like the contract, the game contract updates, not the, like it changes the mutable data field of it with extra stats and things like that, and so you could. Doesn't that cost a transaction fee though? I think so. I mean, if you're in Ethereum, it's a pro it's a problem. But um, yeah. the thing is. Uh, what I, I've been heavily looking into Wax because Ken Bozak is like the lord of Wax, and Wax has no explicit sure. transaction fees. It has transaction capacity fees where you have to buy and stake to be able to send a certain amount of transactions per day. But it's not like I you see. don't have to, you know, you don't have to pay per transaction. And so, you know, it's it, right. it's got like what is it, twenty six million transactions a day or something? It's one of the most traffic blockchains out there, like way more than. Huh most things but anyway that's okay. all a bunch of cool stuff um yeah let me uh let's let's get on to a couple of stuff we we're talking about stable coins and stuff unfortunately but let's just hit on terra 2.0 relaunches according to doquan's revival plan terra 2.0 mainnet phoenix one went live today as per the original timeline set by terra developers and started producing blocks doquan the founder and ceo of terraform labs confirmed the relaunch of Terra's new chain, Terra 2.0, which aims to revive the fallen Terra Luna ecosystem and Terra USD ecosystem. Quan's revival plan for Terra involves hard forking the existing blockchain, reissuing Luna tokens to existing investors based on a snapshot before the death spiral that bled Luna and UST markets dry, effectively resulting in unrecoverable losses for investors. So basically, Phoenix One is just like Terra. I don't really get it. I don't know enough to get it, but it seems like it's just a relaunch of Terra that just doesn't have the stablecoin thing. And it's just like, yep. I mean, I, I don't. Well, the backing, give, right? They went, give me your sizzling they go hot with take. The stable coin and lose the backing. Isn't that what they did? Yeah. Or was well, it vice versa? It was the one other or the other. Yeah, yeah. They, they lost okay, the, so they um, the, the, the death spiral came from losing the backing, you know? Yeah. Right, right, right. But they, but, but they relaunched with, the stable coin, right? Without the back, right? No, they re they realized without the stable coin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, um, 
Well, see, and that's why I'm like, I get confused about it because when I don't understand something, like, that's a red flag to me. When I look at something and I'm like, I don't understand how this works, right? Like, I can look at a Ponzi and, and mm-hmm. understand how it works, right? I can look at it and say, yes. well, it works like a Ponzi. <laughs> that's how it works. It's pretty, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I'm not saying that's the case in particular here. I think there is some other complex mechanism with the calculated algorithmic like stablecoin effort which mm-hmm. i think was fundamentally flawed and like the fractional reserve stuff again mm-hmm. a fundamental flaw like that combination was a confluence failure out of the gate for that coin and then now like what's the what's the whole point of just relaunching this thing i just think they're trying to recoup some of the value and have mm-hmm. some of whatever was there reinvest over here in this thing but that didn't work either right they it pumped and dumped right? Like dumped hard. They, mm-hmm. they were ready for the pump and dump. And to me, that's almost like, you know, so many people are, have seen so many pump and dumps. It's almost like they prepared this whole thing just to, for that purpose, so that the, the early investors and big guys could pump and dump. But now, now, didn't they try to prevent that though, by refunding or reissuing or airdropping from smallest yeah. to largest wallet? I think they did that. And they also did something and go, please, Feel free, everyone, to fact check me on this because I did not pay close enough attention to the intricacies of this whole thing to to remember everything. I just think that I believe there's some time locking stuff as well. Like you get some tokens, but you can't dump them right away. And so I think that when it relaunched, a bunch of people bought and then then dumped. I mean, it's it's literally an effort to say, look, we did something. It's, it's a it's kind of like um. It's kind of like people giving people like gift baskets as you like fire them without severance pay or something. It's like a, a something to give them on the way out after they're like gotten completely screwed. And so, yeah. obviously, it's like a also last ditch effort, political. Yes, and it's also a, a kind of a red herring to give to the community because there was a big Terra community apparently building tools and other things like that onto the network, and it's basically mm-hmm. saying, well, all that hard work isn't for nothing. You can still build on this. And just just have at it. And yeah. Go get, and you kind of like get. Then you get to like fade away into your your secret evil layer that you've bought with your freaking giant stacks of money. And, yeah. I gotta know. say though, it's kind of sickening though because that's that's not a developer's like that hurts developers. That's an emotional like mm-hmm. loss for a developer when you put work into something and all mm-hmm. of a sudden it's trash. Some uh, cost fallacy. And, and to not even have any control over whether or not it's trash, that's even worse. You know. Yeah, well, that's, and this goes to the greater, like, development thing. The fantastic thing about, like, open source is you can use things everywhere, right? It's, the code should be there. You should be able to apply it to anything. And so, for example, I mean, just when we look about, like, um, Bitcoin and its forks, Bitcoin's still around. That's the thing is Bitcoin's still around. But still, how many things backport to Bitcoin because they're like, oh, this is kind of good. Or how many things use its base structure and then add to it. But let's take, um, like, for example, let's say Digibyte, random coin, um, cool mm-hmm. project, doesn't seem like to be going in, doesn't seem to be going anywhere lately. And I don't, hope I don't hurt feelings by saying that, just whatever. But yeah. there's some interesting, yeah, there's some interesting stuff built on it. And like, I like in particular the idea of like the multi, the multi algo mining thing where it just balances out like so much of the hash rate must be, it just makes it much more of a, I personally like the idea of it. It just makes it much more of a, um, 
you know, collect the infinity stones kind of a, a process to try to attack the network. And so, right, right. I mean, I, I don't know if I like, but you know, exactly. that's a non-starter for a lot of proof of work, anti-haters, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. But I do like the idea of ideas like that being out there that some other project could like jump on board of. And mm-hmm. yeah, like, I mean, how many, um, like delegated proof of stake, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of it. I think it's like semi-centralized, right? It's not the best, but but it's persisted, right? BitShares, was, was BitShares the first one? I don't remember. It was one of the first ones. I feel like it probably was, yeah. One of the first. I think, I don't know which came first, BitShares or Waves. I think BitShares. Yeah, so BitShares, and then you got, um, go on to Steam, and then you go on to Hive, and you got an EOS, and then who knows what's yeah. left. But then, like, like Wax is basically a DPoS, like, EOS-based thing. There's, like, a bunch of DPoS things. And, right, like, right. I it, the tech lives on. So, like, all the stuff that people are building on Luna, I really hope that they figure out how to, like, keep it main, and maintain it going forward. Well, see, this is why I, you know, I've been in the software industry for a couple of decades, and one of my main principles of observation is that open source beats proprietary every time but Mm -hmm. the issue is that open source only identifies it's it's so grassroots it's so so decentralized Mm -hmm. so distributed that the value of that open source is extremely ubiquitous, you know, in order yeah. for it to rise to the top and be uh, used. So there's it, mm-hmm. that they provide these very fundamental infrastructures, right? Like the internet, mm-hmm. like bitmo kinds of stuff. And I think my belief is that proprietary excels in these really big bets in specific areas of focus. And you yeah, can have like a horizontal type of focus, like a platform, but you mm-hmm. have to have that focus in order to be successful in proprietary, you don't want to compete with open source. That makes no sense. It's just dumb. So anything that mm-hmm. competes with Bitcoin as a proprietary entity, I'm like, that's a non-starter for me. That's just a waste mm-hmm. of time. It's just fundamentally flawed in, in its like inception, the concept, the idea. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, Terra 210, I don't know if Rant. it's going or, well, he, but here's the thing with, with Terra, um, about like the, out like, I think way too many people just hand-wavingly um, just hand-wavingly accepted that Terra's algorithm, like, algorithmic peg was, like, great. And way too many people also, after it turned out to crash, yeah. just accepted, like, oh, algo stables don't work. And it's like... See, the thing well, is, people trust a- algos, but they forget that developers program them. They have these mm-hmm. biases that are now coded in. Like you can't account for everything, especially in a, a market where people will want to manipulate your coin and test your algo. Good luck. Yeah. Well, so for example, one thing I like is the Thorchain model of like liquidity pools, which are half native asset, half uh, like half rune, like half Bitcoin, half rune. And so, mm-hmm. if someone would if wanted to exploit the network and steal the first step, it has real value, which is like an external asset such as Bitcoin. So you can you get that out of it, but you also aren't incentivized to try to wreck the network to steal the Bitcoin because you lose out on your investment of the other of Rune. And so it kind of like it balances the incentives between the two. And so, for example, what if Luna were to 
do this? This is just like a hypothetical, right? What if Luna 2 decided to relaunch UST for real this time, right? But instead of like the back, instead of being redeemable for only Luna, like you burn it and then you mint Luna, you burn it and mint Luna and receive receive half Luna, half Bitcoin, like actual Bitcoin. It's not backed by Bitcoin. Uh, you, it's redeemable for half in Bitcoin, half in Luna. So therefore, the value of UST, the new UST, couldn't really go to zero unless the value of Bitcoin also goes to zero because you can always directly right. redeem it for that. And so then that makes the algo thing kind of work a lot better. And so the worst thing you could do is like, even if Luna goes to zero, uh, then the value of UST cannot go below 50 cents because you can always buy 50 cents worth of, you can always get at 50 cents worth of Bitcoin out of it. And then the ability to do that. So it, it kind of, it helps by backing with something real. And the other thing though is UST's market cap was higher than Luna's market cap, which is also known right. as being insolvent. But so if you cap it at like right. a 10% of the pool's market cap, for example, 10% of Luna and, Bitcoin and the Bitcoin they hold together, then it's the the odds of this thing all crash into the ground like that are like way lower as well. So like Luna 2 could implement just those two simple differences. Of course, it won't be all like, woohoo, like free money kind of stuff. They can implement those two things and not subsidize the ever-loving crap out of Anchor while just promising people free money, 20%. And then all of a sudden, you might just never quite crash ever. Like just that little adjustment. But of course, the entire reason people got into Luna for the most part was to earn 20 free 20% unsustainably on UST. So yeah, everybody's looking on, for a yield. Yeah. Yeah. But like 20%, they wanted the 20, they wanted it that high. So, um, but you're talking, you're just talking about like backing a currency, you know, you're just mm -hmm. like backing it with money, you know, assuming mm -hmm. that you can agree with the argument that Bitcoin is money. Well, now you're just backing it with money, right. Mm -hmm. To a, to, and, and not a hundred percent by the way. Right. Cause it wouldn't be fully redeemable in the example that you, um, that you gave. But also, even in that case, it, it seems to me that the redemption process would be a huge attack vector. And I wonder mm -hmm. if you're aware of any projects that have kind of solved that problem of, like, how do we redeem and not introduce risk into our operation with this, you know, redeemable mm -hmm. quality of our token? Well, that's one of the reasons why, you know, ThorChain has is such a complex project because that's what they do. These pools are half rune and half the native asset in vaults that are like secured by the network. And so when you do a trade or whatever, some comes out of the vault and goes into the other vault, etc. And so okay. you could exploit, in fact, that did happen during last year, a couple times, uh, rune, I think it was only the ETH side, because of course ETH is always getting hacked. That's why ETH is there to get hacked, right? It is, <laughs> it just like they, someone exploited something with a thing and then they stole a bunch of ETH out of the vault or they, they, they tricked it into giving more ETH than they actually were, were owed. And so then they had to compensate people out of the treasury. But that's why, you know, Rune is in like Thor chains and chaos net in like public break everything test net with very limited, with artificially capped uh, amounts of money that could be in the system just to minimize damage is because they're doing all that stuff. And 
Maybe they worked a little bit too fast on it. One guy, uh, from my memory, st- it was like a white hat, who stole a bunch of ETH and then just told him, hey, it was me. I'm giving it back, but like do better next time kind of thing. <laughs> like, did right. it, you know, yeah. like one of those types of things. And it, right. they haven't been hacked, you know, in about six, nine months, something like that from what I know. And mm-hmm. so far going pretty strong. I don't know if, it, you can never say never, but like there are complexities to this whole situation, but if it could be solved, that'd be great. You know, can you imagine having a stable coin that's backed by, you can't have it backed by physical goods because you can't like, you can't bridge the physical and the digital the same way yet. But imagine you have a, a stable coin backed by other, a basket of tokens that is instantly and trustlessly redeemable for those things because a gold backed dollar was not well, it was redeemable for gold, but not trustlessly. Right. And then eventually not redeemable, really. And then now it's just like no gold behind it at all. But well, imagine if yeah. yeah, imagine if you had a stable coin that had like a basket of like Bitcoin, ETH, and then say BUSD or Tether or some bullshit, you know, like stable coin. Like a like a, a an amalgam of those things. And then it's just always redeemable for that. And then you can actually get those digital tokens which have external value. That's kind of how you solve a lot of this stuff. And I think that uh, Terra went fast and loose by just saying, well, oh, you can just get Luna. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, okay, dude. And then it all crashed. Right, right. That's, um, it is a difficult problem to solve. And I don't know if we're going to be able to do it like easily because exchanges serve that purpose of, of you know, that, mm-hmm. that, that exchange, right? That's, they, they're, whole infrastructure and all the security and all that is just around hey let's make this exchange process as, as clean and simple as possible but that, I think yeah. that's the holy grail of any uh, medium of exchange is to be redeemable for store of wealth right mm-hmm. wouldn't that be the, the ideal state that it's like yeah. one one of the one unit of the medium of exchange is like acceptable for this store of wealth that has been demonstrated to be, you know, valuable for an extended period of time. Yeah. Um, well, that's, that's what why we I, want, right? That's why I like the idea. Cause I remember people were talking about, so and I'll, I'll not, let me just preface all this by saying I'm late on the stable coin idea. As far as a fiat pack, I think it's just a temporary thing. Like, Oh, like the, the fiat is crashing. Has anyone seen the price of gas these days and stuff? Like, like <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying you don't want to hold your wealth in fiat. But it's like an interim tool. But I was thinking something like, let's say, a Bitcoin or a Dash that is you issue a stablecoin backed by that because it's always redeemable for something you can spend in the real world. And so Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, you know, with like data tokens and stuff like that, like redeemable for something real. And that's been something that I think has been, I wouldn't say a weakness, but like the last thing stopping the floodgates of mass adoption for the NFT space has been NFTs are largely redeemable for something kind of useless. Like you sell NFTs for ETH and, or you have an ETH based NFT, you sell it for ETH and ETH is kind of is useful, but you can't do anything directly with it, like buy things. But imagine if the money you used to mint NFTs and trade them on these exchanges and the, on these, you know, on the open markets, you know, the secondary markets, what if that money was instantly spendable for your coffee, right? That bit or easily spendable for your coffee without going mm-hmm. into the banking system. That's, that's well, like yeah, the mass you, adoption. At a minimum. Like, 
floodgate. So I've given this a lot of thought. Okay. And <laughs> of course what you're describing <laughs> the, the, whatever the successful operation is, the, there will only be one point of friction and it will be so friction free. It's going to be something like I decide, like once you decide to move this mm -hmm. unit into this other, let's say more ubiquitous form, um, it can be done near instantaneously as soon as you've made the decision right mm -hmm. that's the ideal state and whoever can do that wins right but what you're talking about in my opinion it the the kind of facets that we need to get there the information equivalent of this in my opinion is what i call or what we may know as interoperability right we've got mm -hmm. these we've got these little components and these little widgets and these little bits of technology that can work in multiple places, right? And that's what we're talking about. That's what you're talking about with these value. It can work in multiple places because I can convert it to this more ubiquitous form of value, right? That's, that is the key. And you're right. There's a book, I think it's called the inevitable, the forces that are shaping the future or something like that. Um, and they talk about this interoperability is the thing that kicks off like super spikes in in um, adoption and growth and acceleration and viral like, mm -hmm. activity. Uh, so yeah, yeah, on the money, and that is what we need. And I feel like we're almost there. Like I'm seeing more and more of these like platform systems that take on all the Web three things you might mm -hmm. need: payments, KYC. Um, blockchain uh uh transaction broadcasting on multiple chains um, yeah. uh, uh invoicing and all these kinds of things like these platforms there's multiple of these now that are blockchain ready and and you can spin them up and they're open source by the way right non-proprietary a lot of them did start by being proprietary back in 16 17 18 like scale and whatnot but then they they're opening up too because they they've like the writing's on the wall. Hey, if we're going to do this, we got to open this up, make it the standard, and then blah, blah, blah. That's where we get our, you know, our red hat model kind of income on top of our platform, mm -hmm. right? That's, and you get that with interoperability, right? And that's what we need to do. That's, if you're going to survive as a Terra Luna, you're going to do what we want. I, I like the idea. It's the holy grail, and it's, and that's why it's difficult to do, though, because that, that friction free experience is, Nobody's figured it out yet. Well, before we At go down, something that... go ahead. Yeah, before we go down the rabbit hole of like of three hour podcast territory. Um, <laughs> oh, I do have is... a hard stop. Shoot, I forgot to what, say that. Is it an hour in? Uh, yeah, stop? well, yeah, in, a, in about fifteen minutes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sorry. All right, well, let, let's crank. I can be a little late. No, I can no, be a little fine. late. It's well, right. you you just let me know. Uh, how about right. this one? Major crypto firms reported to cut up to 10% of staff amid bear market. Previous crypto bear markets triggered much bigger layoffs with some firms like Consensus reportedly firing up to 60% of its workforce in 2018. But, you know, Gemini, crypto trading platform founded by the Winklevly, or however you say it, is the latest firm to lay off a significant part of its staff due to unfavorable market conditions. And I guess if your revenue is from speculative trading and that goes down, that's the quickest thing to hit it but you know what i think is funny is like as of right now um the uh, dash core group 
is still hiring people. I don't know if mm. it's many. I think it's going to be just like cut off pretty soon. But I don't think there's anticipated to be any layoffs for a while, for like years. And so hopefully... You mean with Dash? Yes, for Dash Corporate Dash at least. Okay. I mean, there's not there's a few other entities running around. And like as far as like uh, like I help run the, the Dash Marketing Hub, and that's just like a budget and bounty-based thing. So there's never going to be any like layoffs. They're just like tasks we can't afford kind of thing. So it's not really... Right, right. You know, it is what it is. Uh, but I like that model. That's the full model work. Yeah, but so, um, yeah, the bear market. The, the thing about the bear market, uh, to throw another little bone into that thing, um, Tesla is trying to do a ten percent layoff type thing, and um, Elon Musk did do this whole like hard line about um, you have to be in the office, no remote workers. And I heard some about people that. have some people have interpreted that as a way of him to like get out of paying severance while severing 10% of his workforce, you know, but which would be, it yeah. sounds like that 40 chess kind of stuff that he likes to do. But, um, yeah. So do you think that, do you think that this kind of massive layoffs in the bear market thing is going to end at some point? Like, or do you think it's just well, always yeah. going to be this way? No, there's always cycles. Well, you mean like, will we have a bear market where the layoffs don't occur? No. <laughs> well, not where they don't. Not where they don't occur at all. People get distracted. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll phase out of it. Um, mm -hmm. But it's just, I think it's part of the business cycle. And I, and I don't want to sound like overly heady on this because the business cycle is like really difficult and complex. There's macro and micro and industry like waves and, mm -hmm. and you know, politics plays into it. There's all kinds of like unpredictable factors, factors, but there are ebbs and flows of these businesses and it's mm -hmm. something that we, we, we kind of have to expect. And I think in an ideal scenario, we individuals have enough information about these cycles where we can kind of plan our own lives. Mm -hmm. Look, we, we, we've peaked in this industry or, you know, there's this, this, this space is due for a new innovation. Like, these this kind of research that comes out of these research groups that's like that only the top one percent of people read you know because they've got their friends or the hedge fund managers that want to know all these things i think that that information is going to as that information becomes more ubiquitous and used by the public we will will i think the market cycle like the dramatic nature of the ups and downs will diminish over time so yeah, in that way, like my answer to your question is like the, the bandwidth, the amplitude of the cycles will reduce, I think, over time up until mm -hmm. we reach some kind of crescendo of like stagnancy, right? And have some kind of new innovative breakthrough. And then I think the business cycle like amplitude increases all over again once yeah. you have like a, a destructive, chaotic disruption that like cascades new. through the, the world yeah yeah like refrigeration or um you know contract law you know like weird things mm -hmm. that just change everything yeah it's gonna be Black swans, as they say. which which kind of reminds me about like the market per, you know the market is undefeated um for example kraken ceo defense listing of luna 2.0 bitcoin traders don't pay the bills um so kraken which is an exchange right they posted um they they listed luna 2.0 right 
you know, the new Luna. And then good old Maxi <laughs> friend Nick Carter said, why? <laughs> to which Jesse Powell, the Kraken CEO, said, client demand. There's a weird dynamic with exchanges. Switching cost is low, yeah. and people tend to want to do everything all in one place for capital, efficiency, slash synergy, slash convenience. Not supporting one coin people demand could cost you an entire account. Listing isn't an endorsement. And then he also said, we're a marketplace like eBay. Bitcoin to Bitcoin traders don't pay the bills. It's like, first off, fucking Cap Captain Obvious here, right? <laughs> like, literally, it's in the business of exchanging and stuff. But also, it's kind of funny how, like, right. Bitcoin, like, Bitcoin isn't highly profitable for a lot of the industry. Because, I mean, it, it works, like... It works for some basic practical things, although even then it's like not super high. And the thing is, it seems like it seems like like you know, it's like the what is my purpose it says you know you lock in altcoin profits. Oh my god! <laughs> like it seems like um, the Sergey Kotliar, who's the CEO of BitRefill, and he's probably one of the people who's most on the ground for actual crypto adoption. Pretty much seems. But he just says, like, we might have to realize that um, the killer app of crypto was the casino. Like, so far, that's the best, the biggest utility that the crypto universe has provided is for people to be able to play the casino and make huge gains. And so, I mean, I, I, I definitely think that that's a premature assertion to make, but yet accurate, accurate for so far. But, you know, so far, it has been the casino. And it's like, what, like, what the hell is Kraken going to do? Just like, we have Bitcoin. We let you buy Bitcoin and that's it. And like, how are they going to stay in business that way? Like, no, we let you have Bitcoin and we let you go buy and sell and trade every other little new shit coin under the sun until finally, you know, you move back into Bitcoin or maybe you don't or whatever. But it's like, you just say, you know, you're just the messenger. You're just the messenger of market demand at that point. Yeah. I agree with all that. I I didn't hear anything I disagree with. Yeah, that's I mean, that's that's uh, that's pretty simple. Uh, I I don't know if it to be. I I don't know if it was heard clearly. Listing isn't an endorsement. The way you said it, yes, it, it sounded like it said it. you said listing is an endorsement. Listing isn't an endorsement. Um, yeah, yeah. So they're they're just they're 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 offering a a service, right? Mm -hmm. And. You know, we, we ran into this issue at Float. It reminds me there was this kind of issue where, you know, just because we put somebody on stage doesn't mean that we necessarily endorse them. You know, when you're in the freedom mm -hmm. community, um, there's there's conflict all over. And sometimes people think that if you run an event like we did, Float Fest, um, mm -hmm. and we put somebody on stage, that everybody on stage is, is endorsed by Float. And... Um, I just don't agree with that in principle, and I don't think that I think that most of the, the team at Float does not agree with that. Um, we're providing a service. This is an event. This is a space to, you know, consume and consider and discuss in real life these ideas and information. And somebody was upset about somebody that we had on stage because of personal things that have happened. You know, personal mistrusting things that have happened between them, and. And then, and that caused them to not come to our event and be on the same stage that we were offering. Um, and to me, Drama that's, the, Liberty that's world? the same kind no. of thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and this this like that's what are you gonna do? You know, like you're an exchange, like in in this case.
It's like we set an exchange of information. You can buy it or you can sell it, right? Yeah. <laughs> or you can not trade it at all, right? Um, mm -hmm. But you don't have to be a victim of it just because you're also sharing that same stage, right? You don't like does Dash get upset with Bitcoin on the markets? I don't think so. Like they're pretty neutral. It's like, hey, we're sharing yeah. space here. You know, we'll each have our due. The market decides. You know. Yeah. Personal. Doesn't matter if I fork you or not. <laughs> it, it's cause... that was kind of the issue. Somebody got forked over. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like I think like purism is kind of interesting in the space because the free market demands money, right? The free market makes things profitable and basically you have to listen to the market or you go out of business. And so the, the thing is, yeah. and then there, there is a role for ethics in business, however. And it's like, for example, if you're selling someone an abject scam, right? that might be a problem. And so some people would argue like, well, if you list hex, then you're complicit. And it's like, well, I don't know, maybe, but like, right. you know, Luna might've been like BitConnect is another one, right? BitConnect, as far as I know, wasn't on every exchange. It wasn't very widely tradable, but like a lot of these, do you remember yeah. one coin? It was hard to find actually. Oh, one coin. Just thinking about it makes me sick to my stomach. But the thing is, OneCoin, I don't even know, remember if they had a blockchain, but I didn't, never saw them listed anywhere. And so... They claimed that they did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if you logged in, you could see that they were trying to pretend like they did. Mm -hmm. But anyway, it's just like, that's, at what point does like your preferential purity you know, speak for itself? At what point do you not just like have your personal preferences but then just let the market decide as long as it's not like an abject scam. And like Luna 2.0 is probably much more of a shit coin than a scam. If you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's like your top coins. Then there's like ones you just don't really care for, but do actually do something, you know, then there's yeah. shit coins. Utility, utility coins. <laughs> and then yeah, there's shit coins that don't do anything. They claim that they're going to. And then there's scams, right? And so, yeah. well, for example, let me, Play, I don't want to claim that they are doing something that they're absolutely not doing. Yeah. But so like, there's like a top echelon of like, you know, these are good projects, including personal favorites. And then you get to like the, the middle of the pack, like, like, as I would call it, you know, the, um, just not my favorite coins would be stuff like Litecoin. Like I have nothing actually material against Litecoin or Dogecoin. I just don't personally value them really at all. Kind of, but it's not like yeah. they're not real. Like they are really they are real, but they're just, eh, <laughs> ow, you know, but then below, they're not fully shitcoin as much as I'd like to, to say that kind of, then we go to like the shitcoin thing, that's stuff like, um, I'm trying to think about something without like pissing too many people off, but like, let's say like a smart cash, I'm sorry, but like a smart cash, okay. like, which it makes me sad because yeah. a lot of people built some interesting stuff onto smart cash, but like the whole thing is just like right. a. 80% treasury. Get the fuck out of here. Like, yeah, but bunch of... let me say, I got to say every time I saw somebody had built something on smart cash, I was like, why, why did you do yeah. that? <laughs> but so that's definitely like shitcoin territory. You know, I would, there's a few other 
like Shiba Inu, I would definitely put in like pure on shitcoin territory. Like, okay, if you want to gamble really? with that stuff, I never looked well, at it. I just assumed. Well, I mean, and all like the doggy coins and the kind of stuff, and then you get to like the scam, the yeah. scam territory, which anything that's an a- abject Ponzi with no utility probably is, which means probably hex too. But I mean, whatever. Some people say it's not, uh, but also like, um, what is it? Uh, what was it called? Um, Monkeypox Inu coin was definitely a like oh, a, really? a scam, and the 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 team like <clears throat> rug pulled like 250 million out of it and it's just like wow. how did people like at that point it's not like luna investors where i'm just like well i mean you maybe were a bit naive but like you got promised big and interesting things from this charismatic guy if you're buying monkey box inu, inu coin you deserve to lose everything you put in and then some <laughs> like probably you know, look just, on the one hand i agree with you but you gotta have compassion for these people you don't know how many stories of like lies that they've been sold that ended up you know convincing them to buy whatever like they could have been scammed Mm -hmm. at the very edges of that network you know yeah but still i mean if you something called i mean i do for a lot of these things and like doge as well i have compassion because you know it's been around a while like oh but elon this he could be just dumb but like we get monkey pox just because people hear about the monkey pox Monkey pox Inu, Inu being yeah. the Japanese word for dog yeah. because of Shiba Inu. Like, you're, what did you think? Like, how did you think? Like, oh, I think this is a good investment. Like, oh. but you got to remember, like, how much of the world really understands crypto and, and like, would be able to yeah. understand, like, there's still a significant, like, over 90% of the world mm-hmm. still would hear crypto. And they may not ever, oh yeah, monkeypox, you know, they may never even know that it's called monkeypox. You know, they might, somebody might just be telling them it's crypto, mm-hmm. buy it, you know, I'll give you, I'll, now there you go, and there you got your monkey, monkeypox, you know, you know, like, it's, they, it, I just feel like there's still a lot of naivete that's drawing people mm-hmm. in at the fringes, and it's still yeah. a huge percentage of the world. We're still mm-hmm. early. Yeah, we're definitely still early. Uh, how much more time you got? Um, I'll tell you what, uh, I'll go another five minutes. Yeah. Okay. And finally to to drive the nail in the Luna type coffin, uh, Japan passes bill to limit stablecoin issuance to banks and trust companies. The Japanese government is rushing to enforce new stablecoin laws in the aftermath of the terror collapse. Um, on Friday, Japan's parliament passed a bill to ban stablecoin issuance by non-backing institutions. The bill reportedly stipulates that the issuance of stablecoins is limited to licensed banks, registered money transfer agents, and trust companies in Japan. So here we go. The first the first blow on this whole like stablecoin regulation thing. We had a good run. We had a good run. Now what? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, this is uh this yeah, you didn't send me a link on this one, but um um this uh, regulator is going to regulate, you know, I say that all the time, but in this case, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it, they're selling the safety again and it's a lie. And I just, I'm so tired of the same play being played over and over and over again. They're just trying to ratchet in more legislation onto yeah. this thing so that they can like rest control. Um, uh, every, every inch of it. I hate it. It's, yeah 
Stop everything's falling for it, people. Opt out. You know, everything's used it used as an excuse to kind of do that. But that's the thing is like, I mean, I, I don't say I'm not going to do a Cersei right thing in this case, but it there is an element of look, you're doing, um, you're trying to do government money here. You're counterfeiting government counterfeit money. Let's be honest, you know, you're counterfeiting counterfeits. First off, <laughs> the value proposition of that is not super strong. Like no one should park their money in stable coins. They should use it as certain tools. Like, oh, I'm going to move it to stable coins so then I can like sell it for the exact amount that I, or I can pay, make a payment in the exact amount because fluctuations might happen, you know, whatever. There's like tools or it's like a trader tool, but like to trust it is definitely not. But also you're literally just, the point of stable coins was faster, more efficient, and more importantly, KYC free, which is what gets rid of a lot of the friction, identity free fiat transfers. And so you're literally doing stuff that's illegal, but through a little loophole where it's not quite illegal. So if the government decides to be like, oh, sorry, and close that loophole, and now it's like you, your fake fiat, your fake fake money, right? Your fake fiat is now considered as just regular fake money. At that point, it's just like, I mean, you could see it coming. Like, I buyer beware of stable coins is all I'm saying. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, it is a risk, like with the stable coins, and that's why you really, because at any, because it, if you get if you get designated as a money transmitter, now you're a bank, right? Mm -hmm. um, USDC is issued by a bank. It happens to be mm -hmm. Coinbase. Coinbase is a bank under the under U.S. law. They yeah. operate as a bank, bank, and their USDC is backed by their bank, mm -hmm. <laughs> their bank, and it's and, and that's uh that's how they are operating, and that's how they are able to successfully operate. And that's why you know that level of stability, you know. In the relationship, the established relationship that with banks and the government, and 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 you know, holding in Bitcoin and more more and more tokens, and being like an educational home for that, that solidifies the Coinbase position. And if you mm -hmm. want to play in the traditional rails and the new rails, you have to do that. You have to play by those stupid rules. And yeah. if you don't, well, you're 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 risking complete. What would that be? Exclusion from that system. And that's why you have to, like, I think, design it in such a way where it's not dependent on that system. That's why I really am against any stable coin that pegs to the dollar because all you're saying is, I want to be the dollar. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and governments, the government they that owns money. that whatever currency, they don't like that. They don't like, mm -hmm. they're, they're like, no, we only get to counterfeit money. Not you. You don't get to counterfeit money. That's us. That's ours to counterfeit. We get to say you can and can't counterfeit. See the ideal. That's, that's all. It's a, just a control situation. So you just don't don't put yourself in the place where you are competing. It's, so you have to opt out. You can't be tied to it at all. Yeah, the ideal is to have something like a Bitcoin be the stable coin, where you just get it actually used enough to where the price is a lot more stable. I mean, going up stable, hopefully, right. and. Right. That's the kind of thing, and it's not government controlled. So there you go. Although I, I would argue that Dash is the best stablecoin out there right now because the price has been pretty much, <laughs> you know, like that for a long time. It's got a pretty solid floor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Dash is the best stablecoin. You know, look at me. I'm the stablecoin now. I actually made a meme about right. that a year or so ago. And Did you really? It was oh, about the same. It was one. probably around the same uh, price as it is today, but. 
I know, right? Which is hilarious. <laughs> it is what it is, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> stable point. All right. Well, I'll let you get out on this. Shill your stuff. What do you want people to pay attention to? Okay. Float.app. Float.biz. F-L-O-T-E.app. F-L-O-T-E.biz and uh, F-L-O-T-E token.com. Mm-hmm. Float token. We're um, on the float.app. We're working on groups. Uh, you can contact. If you go to float.biz, um, you'll find the links for our Telegram channels. Get in the Telegram mm-hmm. channels. We're active in there, and we're talking about user experiences. We're listening to complaints. People are pointing out and sending us videos about how we can improve a site. We're giving regular reports at float.biz slash status on our development mm-hmm. updates. Since we launched April 1st, we have done several hundred pushes. We've got a much more secure and stable platform. And our mm-hmm. development team is, is accelerating and cranking out improvements, bug fixes, and features all day long now. And I'm really proud of it. Uh, shout out to the, the float dev. Thanks, guys. Um, so, uh, yeah, pay, pay attention to all that stuff. we got a lot of good stuff coming. We've got groups that we're starting to design and solidify. And mm-hmm. um, with groups, we will introduce our first revenue-generating, monetizing kinds of features which would be kind of group enhancements um, that we're internally calling boosts right now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, kind of off the Discord model. Um, but uh, that's subject to change. Um, but groups is definitely coming um, and on the heels of getting some of the basic functionality with live streaming and, um, and, and, and general experience on the quote platform uh, a little better. So. Um, if you're if you're a float member or float user, you probably received an email recently about the status. I don't know if you spell that too well. Um, but yeah, we want to get to the place uh, and, and reach out to me, Chuck underscore Williams on float or ping me in the um, in the Telegram channels if you have a user request because I'm collecting, collating, organizing, and prioritizing with the team all of the work for the float platform, um, and we're looking far far ahead you know to the next year couple of years um where we want to go and there may be DAOs in the future and all that kind of stuff so the float meister himself oh. yeah yeah well everyone follow chuck and do all that cool stuff um and thanks for watching make sure you leave a like on the way out and subscribe and um we'll see you next week um eleanor is going to be on she's always a good time and i get to torture her with more nft nonsense and yeah as i as I guaranteed. So, cause I know she's an NFT bear and that's always funny. So that's going to be a good time. Yeah. Um, everyone, uh, follow Chuck. Hopefully he can give you more updates from the road, live stream, get a TikTok going or whatever. I don't know. You know, give all I your might. data, to, give all your data to the Chinese government. Everyone's doing it. Um, but anyway, they yeah, <laughs> they've earned it. But so yeah, everyone have a fantastic weekend and yeah, I'll see you around in a week. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe so you don't miss an episode and donate to support the show by going to my Cointree page. That's cointr.ee slash the desert links and leave a message with your donation. Check out the show's sponsors. Live on crypto with BitRefill. Buy absolutely anything with crypto with Shop and Bit. Avoid content censorship with Odyssey. Protect your privacy online with NordVPN. Get paid to search with PreSearch. All links are in the show notes.